Welcome to Gu Dao Jingxing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into the ancient texts of Dao De Jing to uncover its timeless wisdom and apply it to today's chaotic world. I'm David Wang, executive coach and consultant. I'm joined by my co-host Ian Felton, a practicing psychotherapist and coder. Good morning, Ian. Happy Father's Day, David. Happy Father's Day. Thanks. And in our house, it's it's Happy Kitty Daddy's Day. Okay. I see the、uh, T-shirt you are wearing.、Uh, yeah.、Uh, can can yeah. I? Yeah. I'll. Can you read it for our readers? Sure. Oh. Yeah. It says best cat dad ever. Ah. That's right. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was wondering, is there a story behind this、uh, T-shirt? In our house, where we don't have children of our own, but our pets are very dear to us, and we we love them deeply and we care about them deeply, and so for us, just taking care of these other creatures who are are just as dependent on us for their Well-being and life as a, a child, or or any other kind of, not completely helpless, but they can't survive without your help, and so we take that responsibility、mm-hmm. to heart, and so we we celebrate that on days like today. I see, I see. I I was wondering. You know, this morning when I woke up, okay, you know, it's Father's Day. I, you know, we're going to study Tao Te Ching, and I was wondering what Lao Tzu would say to the、uh, all the fathers. Well, in some ways, I, I think he would probably say to also remember the feminine, remember the mother. Hmm.、Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, these uh really, you know, two forces work together. You know,、mm-hmm. he talks a lot about the the、uh, the the female attributes, but、uh, throughout the Dao De Jing, I feel like say the Dao is really the it's the harmonization of Yin and Yang. You know?、mm. Yeah. So maybe if if the Western approach, where we we like to separate things and and atomize things, we we make a a Mother's Day and a Father's Day. Talking as if they're these separate entities that work in isolation, and really a more Taoist way would be celebrating the harmony of Yin and Yang, and mother and father working as this harmonious energy, and and celebrating it that way、It、would be a completely different perspective. Yes, that would be a great idea. Maybe somebody should、uh, take it the initiative to.、Uh... It, you know, to establish that day, you know, it's I, I think it's very,、uh, it's probably much needed, and、uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a wise thing to do, as a reminder, you know, how these two forces are working together in many aspects of our life. Yeah, and it and it seems like our society needs it too, where we keep creating more and more division, where we keep trying to create. More and more separateness, separating people, and you know, 
I guess what we call it intersectionalism and, and politically and, and identity ways and, and all this just keep creating more and more divisions. And this would be a way of trying to remember just that we harmony is, is, is what's real and what reality is. And that when we don't have that, that's where more and more chaos comes from, which is what we see in the world today. Exactly. That's probably one of one of the fundamentals. I think because people lose sight of uh, you know of some fundamentals like this, uh, that's why we probably find so many things are getting so complicated, and uh, it just requires a lot of effort to bring things together. You know, which is interestingly is the kind of the main theme, you know, of this new chapter we're going to study together, chapter seventy. Wow, another big, it's like having a, a, a major birthday. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So why don't we do this? Uh, let's, uh, you know, share with the reader. Uh, we, we usually, uh, 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 you know, study the, the original Chinese text first. So why mm -hmm. don't you uh, take the lead, Yen, to uh, read out in Chinese, you know, this, the original text of this chapter? And then I will do the, uh, you know, translation. Okay. Wu Yan Shen Yi Zhi Shen Yi Xing Tian Xia Mo Nong Zhi Mo Nong Xing Yan Yu Zong Shi Yu Jun Fu Wei Wu Zhi Shi Yi Bu Wu Zhi Wow, your Chinese, the uh, pronunciation, the intonation are so perfect. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I just like, I could hardly tell, you know, like how it's so, um, uh, how would I say the you know, speaking like a native speaker now. Well, thank you very much. I, I, I know how much further I, I have to go, but after studying so long and practicing so much, it is nice to hear that I'm making some progress. Oh, absolutely. I just hear it's a very, uh, it's, it's, it's very enjoyable. It's so smooth. Cool. I'll take it. <laughs> good, good, good. So, um, you know, there are, you know, we talked uh, many times. There are so many uh, translations of Dao De, of Dao De Jing uh, into English. Uh, you know, this time I would like to share with you and our listeners like two versions. Um, the first version is very basic, more of a literal translation, but the second one is really good. Uh, it will kind of serve as a foundation for our discussion today. Great. Okay, I'll start with the, uh, the, the basic one. My words are very easy to understand and very easy to practice. Still, no one in the world can understand or practice them. My words have an origin. My deeds have a sovereign. Truly, because people do not understand this, they do not understand me. 
that so few understand me is why I am treasured. Therefore, the sage wears coarse clothes, concealing jade. Okay, so the second one、uh, I'm going to read is more of uh, uh, I think、uh, it has the you know the origin. I, I could tell that it's connected to original text. But it has some some、uh, poetic license, I I would say. Great. Okay. The great integrity is so easy to understand, and so easy to practice, yet it is not understood, nor is it practiced. It is not understood because people's heads are filled with ten thousand trivia. And rationalizations, leaving no space for anything else. It is not practice because people are kept busy, though bored, with the ten thousand corruptions and miseries that leave no time for the three treasures. The great integrity is so ancient, as old as the universe itself. How can we expect people to remember it after so many millennia of repression? That is why sages dress in rags while they wear the three treasures deep inside their hearts. Absolutely loved that second one. I mean, it resonated so so much with where. I am in my life, and and with things, and just reflecting on everything deeply.、Mm-hmm. And when we were started thinking about this chapter this week, and really reflecting on what、um, this chapter means,、mm-hmm. the thoughts that you shared in that second translation are are so just exactly where I. Have been this week just thinking about what we we're going to talk about today.、Mm-hmm. Well, then let's、uh, you know have a chat about it. Okay.、Um, yeah.、Um, first of all, to, going back to the the text itself,、uh, I was wondering, you know, which which lines, which sentences, kind of jump out at you, you know, as you read the the text.、Um, I mean, it, it's. It really is the the ones that are are pretty abstract because, and I love that they're abstract because if we just read with our our minds,、mm-hmm. we can read Tao Te Ching very quickly. Yeah, could probably sit down and read the whole book in one one day pretty easily. Very easy, yeah, because they're you know in、uh, it's. Only like a five thousand words. They call it Wu Qian Yan. Only five、mm. thousand words. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. But if we're just reading it with our minds, we're never going to get much out of it. I totally agree. And so the sentences where there's some abstraction、mm-hmm. that forces you, if you're actually curious, to stop and think about what Lao Tzu is saying, you you might need to reflect on it for. A month or a year or however long to really unwind fully what he's saying, and so those are my favorite sentences. So, for example, 
my words are very easy to know and very easy to practice, mm -hmm. but there is no one in the world who is able to know and able to practice them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That one I really like. And then also this, the last sentence that's also kind of abstract. Therefore the sage wears coarse clothes while keeping the jade in his heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Both of those in, invite us to really try to stop and, and search ourselves and, and figure out what's meant by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I read the, this chapter, uh, you know, coincidentally, these, uh, the beginning sentences and also the, the, the ending sentences, uh, you know, I, I, I can, you know, uh, those sentences really uh, uh, strike a chord, you know, within me. Uh, maybe we can un try to unpack uh, these uh, sentences and the uh, and what, what's behind it, you know, uh, you know, with our reader mm -hmm. today. Um, okay. You know, one question I have is, um, you know, last two chapters uh, we talked about the, you know, wars, you know, conflicts and the true power, uh, and uh, now in this new chapter we're actually uh, working our way you know, uh, into the last 10 chapters. Mm. So, um, if there's kind of any kind of a flow or coherence between chapters, it seems like now we're taking a step back and mm. the Lao Tzu is like, you know, talking to the reader and saying, Hey, you know, we talked about those things. Uh, but the interesting thing, or maybe the irony is, uh, they're kind of easy and simple, but many, but, but to a lot of people, uh, for whatever reasons, they don't quite understand and they don't even to practice them. So that's the kind of the, uh, the kind of the irony that he's, uh, you know, he, he's trying to highlight here. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering you know, uh, in his time, you know, it's certainly he, I guess his observation was based on the time he, the time period he lived in, you know, perhaps, you know, during that time, you know, people have lost their way or they don't, they get so disoriented and confused. Just it like, seems like that's a lot of what he's saying. Yeah. Pe people are confused. Yeah. Yeah. That, th that was the time we consider m much less uh, complicated than ours. And a lot of people mm -hmm. have, what, you know, a lot of people have already got confused. So what mm -hmm. was the reason behind that? Well, I think, um, I think most of it has to do with how people changed and how they thought and also how they listened. Mm. So for example, if we look at the, the sentence, my words are very easy to know and very easy to practice, but there is no one in the world who is able to know and able to practice them. If, if what, Lao Tzu means, if to really understand his meaning, mm -hmm. say we, we need to think 
and listen at the size of a tiny little ant. Mm. A tiny little speck. Mm. Then the no one who's listening to Lao Tzu with their minds only attuned to hear the words of a person in the current cultural context could understand what Lao Tzu is saying because merely because of their expectations about their thinking, about what, what someone might say. And so they're also listening for that. Mm -hmm. And so because of that mismatch, even though what Lao Tzu might have to say is so simple an ant can understand it, someone who's not attuned to listening at that level, who's listening for something very complicated and of the mind and of the analytical rather than the harmonious and spiritual, how could they ever hear it? How could they ever practice it? Mm, mm. So what you're saying is it has a lot, uh, the reason people, it's just like, um, you know, we all, you know, had our, you know, early like school days, right? Like in classes, if we are kind of, we're not present, you know, we're thinking about, you know, mm -hmm. a play games, you know, after classes, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we're not, uh, we're not, uh, you know, attuned to, you know, what the teacher says, right? As simple mm -hmm. as they are, but we are just not there. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing that, you know, I'm thinking of as you're talking about this, like we are so maybe obsessed or our heads are filled with many other things. There's almost like no room for that kind of receiving. Precisely. It's like you're standing in the field with Lao Tzu, mm -hmm. or maybe in this case, Zhuang Tzu, and there's a butterfly flitting, just mm -hmm. flitting across the field, and it's, it, it, it has completely surrendered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, a butterfly doesn't assert itself at all. It's completely just letting go mm -hmm. and the environment and it are completely in harmony and it, and it just finds what it needs without trying, without effort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the person who's with Lao Tzu and, and, and Zhuang Tzu witnesses this and let's say they just point at the butterfly and they say, just like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if this person whose mind is so full of, but I have all these roles I have to follow and I have all these obligations and, and all these expectations and all these roles that I have to play, like I can't live like that butterfly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, what is so easy, I mean, the butterfly, what could be easier than just completely letting go than just completely saying, Hey, I know that this environment that I'm a part of and I are intricately connected, that there's this niche that I occupy. Mm -hmm. And if I just let go and, and follow it, 
I'll be, I'll get what I need until the environment no longer supports that. And then my time will be done just like a butterflies. What could be easier, but yet people won't do that. People won't let go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They just keep holding on to it. And then the, uh, the, the consequences, then you're, uh, you're not freed, uh, in your, in your way of thinking, I guess, like you're in, mm-hmm. in some way you are enslaved by what mm-hmm. you are preoccupied with. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think about nowadays, you know, like the, uh, you know, what really like is making our life so, uh, com- com- uh, you know, complicated. And also at the end of the day, a lot of the people, you know, feel like depleted and exhausted and mm-hmm. they have, uh, instead of like deriving from what they've done, a sense of meaning and, uh, meaning and, um, fulfillment uh they feel they feel like kind of empty yep you know i've read i've read in many sources you know this becoming more and more of a you know phenomenon you know like a a a common phenomenon in fact last night i read in new yorker uh, uh there's a interesting title there for the new article uh uh, like the the bullshit work is uh, mm-hmm. booming, and then it talks about all kinds of uh, different bullshit work. What are some of those? Um, I mean, I have some ideas about it, but how are they presenting it? I think just a lot of the things, uh, like in organizations, you know, just to keep it going. You know, somebody yeah. has, you know, has to do the job, but mm-hmm. then you know, people would rather, you know, pursue some uh, more meaningful things. But again, they need the money to to support themselves. So that's yeah. kind of the dilemma. You you feel you have to do it in order to you know to 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 to, to make a living or something. Yeah, true. Exchanging that natural freedom for security. I mean, that's 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 really what we're talking about. And and the price that we pay is that our lives become less and less meaningful. So in some ways, less meaningful than even the butterfly, which we, most of us think as being very insignificant. But Mm -hmm. if you think about the butterfly, every movement that it makes has meaning. Every wing flap, every movement, every action that it takes has meaning because it's, it's, it's moving it to the next place to eat, moving it Mm. to the next mating opportunity, everything that it does has meaning. And for humans, we don't feel that way anymore because what we recognize is, is that we've actually sacrificed our freedom for security. And so, so many of our actions are in the service of security and we don't find that particular meaningful if that means doing some boring bureaucratic job and sitting in some bureaucratic meaning. And the toll that we 
that it takes on us for security it's 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 a spiritual toll i mean it it's we we trade our spirit for security and end up feeling like life is a lot less meaningful as a result that's such a a great point you know like when i studied the text today uh you know another thought i had regarding why uh louds say you know everything is easy and easy to practice and uh and then after that he seemed to provide some clue to uh to an answer he said words have an origin or you know words have meanings or uh, intent and deeds you know have principle sometimes you know when i look around at people how busy they are you know how you know especially as an executive coach working in the organizations sometimes i was wondering if people kind of lose sight of the fundamentals and get lost in the trivial and they you know they don't they they kind of lose touch with the the essential and many of their things they do are really extraneous like mm-hmm. you know stuff stuff like um for whatever reason popped up because somebody's ego or whatever it is so life suddenly becoming you know as you use the butterfly metaphor you know that was like by the original design by nature right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything as you said is everything is 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 more purposeful right not many extra things or right you know things that nothing extra yeah i i think a lot of times we humans it's out of our own you know uh, desires and greed and and fancies you know it's all magnified into many things that start to kind of uh, take us away from that essential so mm-hmm. part of the reason why it's becoming suddenly becoming so hard and unmanageable is perhaps because we we we, we, we don't understand the principle anymore if we go back to the root uh, you know the, the 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 elemental things when everything started then you kind of go back i mean it's it's something like learning a a a new subject a lot of times you know i I talk to many people and say you know either mathematics or computer science um you know students they are chasing the the most recent stuff like uh, Mm -hmm. machine learning you know ai all that thing but you when you talk to the experts uh you know some of the people who are really very accomplished in that field uh they will say focus on the fundamentals first because if you get the fundamentals solid everything is built upon it that's how i i guess let's uh, even i read about like elon musk and uh and bill gates when they read lots of stuff widely they go back they do the the basics uh like subject matter first and build up their knowledge tree so that fundamental that mm-hmm. basic if we lose it then i mean you you're just chasing everything that comes your way you know of course you get lost of course everything seems too complicated because you don't know which is which which is the root which are the branches mm-hmm. 
and 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 Lao Tzu tells us what the fundamentals are. He he tells us his three treasures. I think that's the key there, like the three treasures that embody the nature of Tao. That we can, you know, be you know in our being, you know, to embody right in in really manifest mm -hmm. those things. Yeah, and and. And I think that that's where what you're saying, practicing that fundamental, those fundamentals, if we're looking at walking the timeless way as a practice, not just in our, our minds, then what we're really saying that to walk this timeless way every, every single day, every moment, if we're really present, and being like the butterfly, we're practicing humility, kindness, and, and moderation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was wondering uh, a lot of times to make it a really like a practical, you know, for our discussion and for our listeners. You know, I was really uh, thinking uh, maybe a simple practice like, um, like, let's say in our our normal day suddenly something happens right so you know we're suddenly put into that situation uh that seems to be you know create create some you know emotional responses mm -hmm. and suddenly we feel like overwhelmed or confused or disoriented so maybe a simple question like that is we just ask ourselves like you know, is this situation is really complicated as what it seems? Uh, you know, uh, you know, what kind of things uh, can I do to simplify it? Mm. Or, you know, things like, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, am I doing something that complicates the situation? Am I contribute to the complexity? Mm -hmm. Like, sentences like that or questions like that i think it it, it serve you know they probably can serve as a, some kind of a reminder at the moment we are practicing uh uh one of the three treasures which is simplicity because a lot, a lot of times i feel there's a disconnect or there's a disassociation between these fundamentals and what what do we do day to day like in our day-to-day, -day, um, I guess, first of all, people don't want to be tied by certain, you know, I'm not talking about dogma here, like doctrines. Mm -hmm. Right. But still, we don't want to go, so we're, we do not want to be, our life to be ruled by doctrines, right? That creates mm -hmm. rigidity. That's the opposite of freedom. Yeah, that's the opposite of the freedom. But also, I'm, I'm, I'm observing that a lot of people don't have any uh, simple principle or way of thinking uh, as, a, as a compass to guide them at all. So they just right. like, it's almost like a unconscious behaviors. Like they are just like be driven yes. by those things, not purposeful. Conditioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those two extremes, you know, you don't want a dogma or, you know, certain very, very uh, uh, 
rigid beliefs. Mm -hmm. Makes people robotic. Right, robotic. Yeah, like a rules. You have to follow those rules. Yeah. I think nature doesn't work that way. But the, mm -hmm. but nature is not random at all. It's not no. random either. No, there's order. There's an ecology. It's there's it's not it's not chaos or or else we couldn't even go out into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so kind of for us to navigate through this kind of chaotic world, uh, you know, if I kind of try to connect what we're reading here with what we experience and what we see in, out in the world, I think that's the problem we're facing. There, there are just two mm -hmm. extremes over there. And if we kind of bring that together a little bit and uh, using you know, some simple time-tested you know, uh, principles to guide us through the day, Mm -hmm. without like not like a driving you know very randomly yeah and and gestalt and other um kind of things that i would say relate to an, an active cognitive science which i'm not going to get into all that but more about our relationship as whole organisms mm. as part of an environment that we're affected by, but we're also part of, we're not separate from the environment. We have a semi permeable boundary where we let energy in and we expel toxins out. And that's this relationship with the environment. But in, in that perspective of um, talking about human psychology those basics that you're talking about would be what we would call the ground. Mm, mm. And, and so what a significant metaphor that if we don't have those, we, we don't have a ground. Mm, mm, mm. Then it's just figures because the other part of the ground is what's figural. There's the ground that we're situating ourselves upon that has to be this sim, sim, simple foundation that we practice mm -hmm. and out of that ground arise figures mm. without a ground we don't know how to make sense of the figures that arise out of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Can so for you people give a, a real life example to illustrate that like like our daily experience as an example. sure yeah i mean it's 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 real simple so if you're just walking down the street, let's say you're walking to catch the bus to go to your job. Yep. And, and you're not mindful about having any sort of gr ground at all, like no kind of fundamental practice that you're engaging in regularly. You're probably thinking more like, I'm going to try to not say this disparagingly, but I mean, it's kind of like, like kind of like a corporate drone where you're already thinking about the meetings that you're going to have in, you know, two or three hours and how many you're going to have and who you're going to have them with and your deadline and what project is, is due. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where, that's, that's where your mi mind is at. So you really have no ground at all. You're really just kind of in this sort of obsessed state of rumination 
inside just your, um, it's not even executive functioning because it's almost just kind of unconscious chatter that's right, right, coming up right. in your mind. And you pass someone who, let's say it's an older woman struggling to carry a, a bag or, or, or something. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have that ground, we're not going to be sensitive to what's happening in our environment. Right. And we might just be distracted and, and just kind of walk past her. And, and maybe even at the at the bus stop, we by the time we get to the bus stop, we might think something like, oh, I hope she's mm-hmm. OK. And, you know, that's sort of some passing thought. But if we really are focused on our ground and we're focusing about in my experience that I have right now, like in this eternity that exists in each moment, Mm. that's a chance for me to practice my treasures. And I'm not even saying that you like, it's wrong to have other treasures, like pick your own treasures. Who, who, who's Lao Tzu or any of us to say what anyone's treasures are, but you better have some treasures. Um, And so regardless of what those are, but we're talking about Taoism, so we're talking about Lao Tzu's three treasures. Mm-hmm. If I'm thinking about humility, kindness, and simplicity, and walking that and making that my ground as I'm walking toward the bus stop, I'm going to have a sensitivity to everything that's happening around me. I'm not going to be stuck in my head or thinking about ruminating about the future or what's coming up in five hours. I'm going to be looking deeply into right now because right now is eternity. That's all that that's it's outside of time. And when I see that woman struggling, I'm going to now react spontaneously because it's quite simple, right? Like I'm this little speck of dust, not even a speck of dust. I'm this, I'm so small, tiny, and insignificant, I can't even put it into words. And so whatever agenda I think that I have doesn't really matter. Here's here's another being who's struggling. And of course, because I'm a human being and we can't survive without each other and without our spontaneous need to respond to one another's needs, I, I'm, I'm not even going to really think about it and... I'm going to ask her if she wants my help or needs my help and and see if I can help carry that down the street or whatever. Maybe I miss my bus and I'm 20 minutes late, Mm -hmm. but I'm willing to do that because you know what, if I'm a human being, what kind of human being am I? If I walk past elderly people struggling to get the food to their house because I'm just distracted by a bunch of what you already know, meaningless bureaucratic meetings that are a result of us seeking security rather than being real human beings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's one example. Yeah. Yeah. As I'm listening, you know, I was wondering, uh, this, this person, you know, misses the, let's say is in a hurry or, you know, in his own mind thinking about the upcoming meeting and totally missing the opportunity to help this, uh, you know, uh, this person, um, at the end of the day, what would that person have, uh, uh, experienced and felt? Sometimes I was wondering, uh, because I experienced that myself, 
like if you constantly miss what's uh what's beside you what's around you you're just like thinking about the future because i think it's partially driven by concerns and worry because i think these uh people mm -hmm. uh, working in organizations sometimes when i talk to them they share that you know they are very under a lot of pressure to perform yeah. so they mm -hmm. feel like mentally they have to rehearse it but as a result of that they become uh they 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 lose their presence with whoever uh they are talking to at the moment or whatever they are working on you know that's the kind of the irony of things they constantly miss now yeah they constantly thinking about the future and then well when the future finally arrive and something is done and then they you know let's say there's a natural rhythm here like the end of the day they feel hollow yep i think that's the kind of the almost the emotional consequences yes for missing a lot of the nows in order to anticipating sometimes even imagine or worry about the future yeah the illusion of security yeah 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 but isn't becoming you know one of the the almost like a, a habits mental habits of a lot of people like they you know they really like as you said using the metaphor ground like they mm -hmm. they don't feel like sometimes i was wondering if they feel their foot on the ground maybe they are in the clouds somewhere i i don't know like literally speaking like they if you are not grounded you're you're a kind of oblivious to what's really happening yeah real real being the key word there so another way of saying it is is that you're experiencing life and a lie versus what's real yeah 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 so maybe small things like that maybe small rituals and practices like that to help us uh be mindful be present in the moment i think it goes a long way in um in living a life you know feeling real you know mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and and and, and but that's such a scary thing to do which is why people don't do it so i mean let's be what what makes it scary you think like what what mm -hmm. what, what what why why it's kind of hard to do is it hard to do or is it easy to do it 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 really is terrifying and that's why it's so hard to do and it's kind of a big mm -hmm. answer um but essentially you know if, if we go back even before Laotzu's time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we, we kind of know now that the part of our brains that grew to make us be able to plan and organize mm -hmm. that, that helped us coordinate with each other and create language and, and kind of be able to predict mm -hmm. the future, if you will is also the part of our brain that the development of our brain that led to us being aware that we're going to die and mm -hmm. be fully um conscious of that yeah yeah 
but when that is fully and deeply conscious, which um, most of us have experienced, it's terrifying. I mean, the thought of losing everything that you care about and love, losing your own body, maybe even losing your mind in the process. I mean, lots of people die from Alzheimer's. I mean, I think that's the third leading cause of, of death. And like the thought of like losing your mind and then dying. I mean, these aren't light concepts. They're, they're absolutely terrifying. And so we always have to base our explanation of things with people with a huge amount of compassion because the things that people do are mainly because deep down inside, we're all very terrified about the condition that we're in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so what happened is, is that people created symbols to try to appease death, which also became symbolized by the notion of God. I mean, God is a symbol is really a metaphor for life and death and, and, and someone's in charge of death, right? Like it's not just this random thing. There's a plan, you know, someone's got it under control. Mm -hmm. And so that's a symbol, but then we specify it culturally. We say, you know, Christian God, Muslim God, um, or, you know, Buddhist reincarnation, which is sort of a different way of approaching order and control around death. Mm. And those become symbolic, but then we also now combine our nationalism with those symbols too. So now it gets wrapped up in our, identity as a country, um, all these cultural symbols that really what they serve to do is to protect us psychologically from the terror of, of death, dying, going mad, oblivion, all of these things. And so what happens is, is that we become so organized around satisfying the demands of those cultural symbols Mm. that we completely exchange our human freedom for the security and worship of cultural symbols that we believe are going to protect us from death. So a lot of what we do, what you're saying is, is all from that deep-seated fear of death, right? Yes. You know, either as a way to, you know, like a, Okay, to find security is one way of doing that. And also to find a distraction is another way, right? Yes. Because we are, when we're distracted, we're not thinking about the death, right? Exactly. Right. I do it all the time. Oh, I think I'll have another cup of coffee even. Right. It seems right. so innocuous, but it's like, no, I'm just distracting myself for 15 more minutes because if I stop and settle, these fears are going to start arising. Right, right. You know, I was wondering if Lao Tzu, you know, I would imagine Lao Tzu naturally knows, uh, you know, this human fear of death, right, in some way. Uh, I was wondering, you know, whether maybe paradoxically, if we see, so that terror of death, uh, is that based on the assumption that we all, we are all individuals, like 
you know, as life, you know, your life, my life, right? Because there's only one life, one identity <laughs> in this mm -hmm. flow of time, mm -hmm. right? So uh, from Lao Tzu's view, if we are all coming from that source, would that terror still there? Because, you know, it's mm -hmm. all part of one. Yeah, how if if one drop of water evaporates in the ocean, the ocean is still there. Right, right, right. So it's kind of a natural to feel it. So, but sometimes I was wondering whether this realization or maybe uh, gradual cultivation of this oneness, uh, it, it, it helps uh, relieve, or I, I don't know what word to use, but relieve the, the terror. The, the fear of death for sure i think when when that that's the problem of the ego mm -hmm. that it's also been something that's been constructed out of language and it's basically mm -hmm. the story mm -hmm. that we tell about ourselves and and we turn it into this really big thing and i think going back to what we were talking about at the beginning that the ego has this giant big view of itself. Right, right, right. And and what we have to do is get past the ego down to that level of the ant. And where the ant doesn't have an identity, it's part of this um, organization. I mean, this is where it gets a little creepy because like say the language it seems to me the language then is a almost like a double-edged sword the language mm -hmm. helps us create build a civilization but mm -hmm. also the language give expression to something like an ego like give its voice right it amplify our ego in many ways so if let's say yeah you don't so have that's, language yeah. Mm -hmm. maybe we are more merged with that unspoken wordless Tao than where we are now without the language. Yeah. And I think that's a, a critical point to make because again, humans kind of put the supremacy on that we speak and write and have different languages that we use, which is very sophisticated, mm -hmm. but, yep. but I'm going to go back to the ants again we're we're no more sophisticated we're more destructive for sure mm -hmm. than than ants but look at ants ants have language that's a chemical one when they meet each other they put their mouths up their mandibles they rub their mandibles and exchange some chemicals mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's how they communicate and tell the other ones where to go and, and what to do mm -hmm. and look at the organization of these ant colonies where they have all these sophisticated networks that go out into the environment to gather all the resources that they need. Mm -hmm. They're structured into roles from, you know, food gatherers to um, defenders of the queen to the queen herself, to the ones that feed the larva mm -hmm. and, and they speak to each other too, ants. And, and so while the scale is different, I mean, ants live at a much smaller scale. Mm -hmm. If you really honestly look and compare the, the two, we're doing the humans and ants are doing the same thing. We're just doing it 
where where to us it seems vastly more sophisticated, mm-hmm. which is still a, an illusion. Um, and but obviously our impact is much greater. I mean, when when our sophistication has blossomed, it's resulted in you know now it's the modern yeah yeah reason for extinction or scale right it's just like yeah. scale differently but the mm-hmm. the fundamentals are the same exactly. fundamentals are the same mm-hmm. cooperation not thinking for yourself mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know being part of something bigger a connected species that's all working in harmony naturally mm-hmm. right so that realization from you know the observation of the ends, how does that translate into our human behaviors? You think going back to you know this chapter? Yeah, letting go, letting go of the ego. It's the hardest thing. It's what Lao Tzu is saying. It's like it's easy to know and easy to practice, but no one who's going to be able to do it because you have to let go. You have to fully let go of the ego. And that's just an incredibly almost an impossible task for most people because that's what we believe is what protects us from the environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it, it's like if you've been wearing body armor your whole life, and one day someone says, like, you've got to go out into the world and take off all your body armor. It's going to be terrifying. Who's going to be willing to do it? Mm-hmm. So as long as we're thinking, you know, at this human dimension, it sounds to me it's almost like impossible, impossible thing to do. Yeah, it is. Because the human, the modern human dimension that's constructed around cultural symbolism, the ego is, is all bound up in that. And so you have to let go of one, the whole um, house of cards crumbles, and then you're just left with reality, which, I mean, that's just a terrifying mm-hmm. thing for people to face. Well, that, that sounds like a interesting way to end uh, where, you know, at you know, working toward the, uh, the end of the hour, but, uh, that, that sounds like a positive note <laughs> to, uh, end our conversation today. Um, anything from this chapter, uh, so let me put this way. So Lao Tzu said, says it's easy, but people, you know, you know, it's kind of difficult for people, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Is he providing any kind of a concrete, concrete hint to us, like say, or or or, or we are meant, as long as ego exists, we are destined to live a complicated life. It sounds. Yeah, the, the the ego is what wants something concrete. The ego is like, please just give me something concrete so I can build a new house of cards on top of it. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I see. And the butterfly. What's what's? I wonder what a butterfly's life feels like. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, when does the concrete thing in its life and, and how dynamic wind is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that constant change that the butterfly that that's what's constant just the change mm-hmm. do you think the existence of ego is the defining characteristics of being human or all living things sort of in some way have their own ego yeah i don't know because it's just even this is in uh Zhuangzi talks about like two people talking about the existence for a fish and, yep. and one person finally wins the argument by saying like well i don't know what it's like to be a fish so i can't answer that question yeah yeah or the question is unanswerable for a human. Right, right. Because at the end of the day, if I telling myself, you know, I'm ending this sense of my identity, of my ego, that's pretty much like the dis- extinction of my being, I guess. It's and actually I- the birth of your being. It's the extinction of um, living within conditioning. Hmm. Maybe that's, you know, that's a topic that we can uh, continue to pursue for the next time. But I think uh, you raised some uh, very profound way of thinking about these things, you know, you know, from, you know, this chapter. Cool. Great. I want to thank our listeners for uh, sharing with us uh, this period of time. And I hope that discussion will be uh, helpful to you, as well as uh, for two of us, as we try to understand the timeless uh, wisdom of Laozi, and uh, you know, carry it to carry it to our daily life.